name of Jesus. And I'm excited, Father God. I'm excited about bringing your word. I'm excited about you, Holy Spirit, moving and touching our hearts today. Father, I can't do this on my own. So, Holy Spirit, I just ask you to hold my hand and walk me through this service. Let us have ears to hear what you're saying to us, Father God, because I know the word of God is life unto our flesh. And that, Father God, the more we get this word in us, the more we're going to overcome in life. So I pray that every person in this building is built up and strengthened today. And that, Holy Spirit, you touch everybody where they're at. And we give you praise and glory and honor in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Hallelujah. Well, again, like I said, we want to honor all those that have served our country. Um, you know, really, years ago, they really uh, declared uh, this day Decoration Day to where they would actually, uh, I think it was in New York, they would go out and they'd decorate all the, uh, the grave sites of the fallen soldiers and stuff. Now it's moved to Arlington, I believe, in, in Washington. And has anybody ever been to the Tomb of the so Unknown Soldier? Has anybody ever been to that and watched them change guard and do all that? If you've never done that, you need to go see that. That's 24 hours. They actually have them out there, rain, snow, sleet, it don't matter. They are out there marching in front of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And guys, that's honor. That's honor. I mean, just think if we took half of that and applied it to our communities and honored one another instead of bickered and complained and looked at the negative. Man, hallelujah, it would be a great place. So, yeah, make that, put that on your plans to go see that because it will change your life. Men and women have and are given their lives so we can live in a free country. When we go to bed at night, like I said, we're not concerned about a bomb hitting our house. And I'm so glad. I've heard missionaries, they go into other countries and stuff, and they would be staying in hotels, and they hear the gunfire going on outside the door. I mean, this is real. I mean, the world we live in is not as calm as we might think it is. There's a wild, crazy world out there, and there's a devil running around trying to get us to kill each other, hurt each other. That's, until he's removed, guys, injustice and wrong ain't leaving. So you can preach all you want. You can scream all you want until the devil is removed there's always going to be injustice. There's always going to be hate. There's always going to be murder. Always, always, always. What we need to do is fight it with what? Love. Jesus did not come with a semi-automatic rifle and a bazooka and some grenades. All right, boys, let's hide around. Let's go, guys. Everybody get ready. Okay, here we go. We're going to Rome. All right, I want you to search this group out. We're going to blow them up. We're going to take this. We're going to, we're going to remove all bad. No, didn't happen. Why? Because, number one, it wasn't time. But when it's time to remove bad, Jesus is going to remove it. And you watch how he does it. It's real swift, real easy, okay? But right now, what removes bad is love. It's us loving people, even when they're ugly and mean. That's how you actually start changing a world that you live in. Not by retaliating. Hallelujah. Without a military defending our country, there would be another flag flying high above our capital within days. Days. There is men and women in the military stationed in submarines, ships, and bases all over the world to keep us safe. You do know that if we was to let our guard down, there is kings and there's rulers that would love to this, come to this country and take over. Don't you think they ain't? They are strategizing. They're planning. And I know Edwin probably could share more with this because he's in the military. But I'm telling you, the outside world is very jealous of this country right here. Okay, not that we're the best and the only free country. There's a lot of other free countries, okay? That's not, not what I'm talking about. But the land of opportunity is greater here than, than just about anywhere else in the world. And sometimes we forget that and we don't appreciate that. But I'm telling you, man, they would love to come here and, and wipe us out. I'm telling you, and the only reason they don't is because there's people that are guarding us 
in submarines, living in submarines under the ground, living in bases all over away from their family to make sure that we're okay. I'm very thankful for the freedom that I have in this great country. And you and I live in a country where we have opportunities to be and do anything that we desire to be. That means if you grew up and you was poor, you got an opportunity to come out of poor. You do. You can be rich. And you guys know that more than anybody. You hear the stories of people that come out of poverty. They choose not to accept where they are and begin to take steps of change. And you see what happens. They do. I mean, there's a lot of people that are doing better now than they, they, they were raised in. Maybe you're a failure. Maybe you was born in, in a place where it's failure all over the place. You don't have to be a part of that. You can be a success. Maybe you have a dream. That's another great thing about this country. If you have a dream, you can live out that dream here. Okay, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but you have more for you to live out that dream than other countries do. I mean, seriously, there's, there's kids in other countries that have dreams that really they probably won't be able to walk them out. You know what I'm saying? It's just it, 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 we, we live in a good place. We have been born into a nation where we have great opportunities to become whatever we set our heart to do. Doctor, lawyer, teacher, nurse, business owner, pastor, uh, mechanic, <laughs> musician, actor, politician, etc. You can be these things. All of these things are made possible due to men and women that serve our country in the military to protect our borders from nations that would love to wipe us off the map. I mean, seriously, guys. I mean, every day when you get up, you need to look around and you need to lift up your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. And then thank you for the great men and women that give their life every single day. I'm telling you. And I, and I don't know, maybe one Memorial Day, I'll just, if I can, get connected to a lot of families that have lost loved ones and let them come up here and just share their story of what it's like to live without their loved one now. Because sometimes, man, I'm telling you guys, we don't understand that, that listen, freedom is always going to have a price tag on it. Always. Always. Their blood speaks of our freedom, the men and women. They gave their life so we could enjoy life. Today we honor all of them with a grateful heart. You know, John 15, 13, and it was on the, the little mini movie there, it said, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. I mean, how many of you in this room right now that if meaning me being able to continue to live meant you giving your life, would you take the bullet? Would you be, you know, killed for my sake? Most of the time we would do that maybe for a loved one, but we definitely wouldn't do it for an enemy. Most of us. That's just our thinking. But these men and women do it every single day, whether you like them or you hate them or you love them, it don't matter. They're going out there to do what they're called to do, and that's to help us have a safe place. And the same thing is what Jesus did. And that's what I really want to focus on today is we have freedom in Christ, and we have freedom that cost a very big price. And I want to talk about that because really, guys, we can be free, and I may say this again, we can be free naturally, but Jesus came to bring us freedom for eternity. He gave us access to a life beyond this life that one day we'll look back on and go, thank you, Jesus, because we'll be in heaven, which we're going to be talking about next week. We're going to go into, you know, what is heaven like? You know, what is hell like? And I'm not talking about the heat, okay? We're going to talk about that. We may talk about that on Father's Day, you know, give the fathers a punch in the gut. Man. Come on, guys, get fired up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But today I also want to talk about our freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Did you know if you're a follower of Jesus, you have been set free? You have been set free. And I hope after this service, you're going to see that how, how much you've been set free. Jesus came to this earth and laid down his life so we could have eternal life. Freedom. I want you to get this right here, guys. Freedom is not based on where you live. It's based on who you serve. Oh, yeah. That is so true. 
Freedom is not a destination. Freedom is a savior. Freedom is who you serve. You could be in jail and be free because of who you serve. You know, back in the day when we had, you know, uh, slaves that were under, you know, I mean, just awful, uh, you know, tyranny and just beat and all that kind of stuff. Did you know there's stories of those slaves were more free than the slave owners? Because of who they served. People in prison today, starting ministries in prison behind bars. Why? It ain't where their location is. It's because of who they serve. When you get Jesus, you become free. Period. From all things. All bondage. He's the one that sets you free. But it came with a price. Jesus paid a price for our eternal freedom, so let's enjoy what he gave us. Let's take the freedom of all those around us that are not living in eternal freedom. Let's take this freedom to all those. Ephesians 2.13 tells us this, But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the what? Blood of Christ. That means his blood was, was what purchased our freedom just like the men and women that have given their lives. Not just for our country. There's many women you know, that are the defending their countries too, giving their lives in their countries. But anyway, blood is what represents freedom. I'm going to say this too. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. That means there's no hope of ever getting to know God. There's no hope of ever going to heaven without Him shedding His blood. And we'll go into that a little bit more. Blood represents life. No blood, no life. Our bodies will not function without blood. Y'all know that, right? That means if we took the blood and we stopped it at any point in your body, there's going to come a time, probably real quick, you're going to hit the ground. Because blood is what gives our bodies life. And without the blood, we do not have no life in us. Blood also has a voice and speaks very clearly about how we're doing. You know, when you go to the emergency room and you get back there in one of those rooms, what is the first thing they want to do? They want to get some blood. Why? Because in that blood, they're going to be able to start identifying what's wrong with you. That blood's got a voice. It begins to talk to the doctors. It begins to talk to the nurses. It starts letting them know how they are to diagnose you. That blood has a voice. And I want to talk about that today. Hallelujah. Blood has always had a voice from the beginning of creation. You know, in Genesis 4, verses 8 through 10... The Bible says this, one day Cain suggested to his brother, they were having a little bit of a, you know, family feud here, okay? And he said, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother. Has anybody ever attacked their brother? Has anybody ever attacked their sister? Okay, this is, this is where it all began. This is where we learned, all right? They, they taught us how to do this, hallelujah. And it says that uh, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Now, please, don't ever kill your sibling, okay, or your, your, your brother or sister. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? And he said, I don't know. Cain responded, am I my brother's guardian? That's still, that's not a good response to, to give to God. Amen? Being a little cocky there. But then the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood does what? Cries out to me from the ground. Abel's blood was speaking to God. That lets us know that everybody that's murdered, everybody that's killed, everybody that's died, everybody, their blood is speaking to God. 
the voice of the blood. From the beginning, blood has been regarded. Are y'all okay with a lot of blood? <laughs> I know there's people in here get a little nervous about that, but that, 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 this, you know, just stick with it because the Bible's full of it, okay? And there's a, there's a reason why, and hopefully you'll understand that a little bit more. From the beginning, blood has been regarded by God as the most precious thing. And I think everybody in this room would say that's true. Again, you take the blood out of us, we don't live. It's very important just as a natural thing. The voice of thy brother's blood cried unto me from the ground. Note these three things from the first mention about blood. Blood has a voice. Blood has a loud voice it cries. And blood has a loud voice that God heard. Next, notice the intriguing, instructive, and significant words in Hebrews. Hebrews 12, 22 says this. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all. The who? The judge of all. That means everybody's going to be judged by God. To the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that what? Speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Jesus' blood speaks to the Father a better word than Abel's. Abel's cried out. Jesus is speaking something better to us. And we'll look at that as we go on. In Genesis, Abel's blood cried. In Hebrews, the blood of Christ speaks. Indeed, there is a voice in the blood. I want to compare Abel and Jesus and, and, and the voice of their blood. Abel was a shepherd. Christ is the good shepherd who gave his life for the sheep. Abel, did a, Abel died a violent death at the hand of a relative. Christ died a violent death at the hand of his own nation. Abel's blood cried and God heard it. Christ's blood speaks and God hears it. Abel testified of the righteousness of God. Jesus was the righteousness of God. What is the contrast? Abel died by force. Christ died willingly. Abel died because of his sacrifice. Christ died as the sacrifice. Abel's blood cried for revenge. Christ's blood cries for remission. Abel's blood polluted the ground. Christ's blood is preserved in heaven. From the shedding of blood in eating to clothe our first fallen parents to the great throne, throne in Revelations who sing of the blood of the Lamb. The Bible is a book of blood from start to finish. That's what sin, that's why God hates sin. Because it brings destruction. It causes there to be loss of life. And that's why Jesus wanted and desired to come to earth to remove it. Not just cover it. You know, I could drop some coffee, and I've done it before. Not no more. Hallelujah, I got a new cup. I've been blessed with a new cup. Hallelujah. But I could drop some coffee on the ground, and I could bring a piece of cloth over here and cover up that coffee, and it looked like it wasn't there. Well, see, up until Jesus, that's what they would do. They would bring an animal to the priest, and he would go in, kill the animal, sprinkle the blood, and that would cover their sin for a year. It was just a Band-Aid. But Jesus said, no, this ain't good enough. We've got to bring life to our people. They've got to be able to experience what I mean, uh, 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 Adam and Eve did in the garden. We've got to be able to experience that relationship. And you have that opportunity. I have that opportunity to walk with God every single day. Minister to him and watch him minister to back to you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The beginning and the end and everything in between unfolds the imperative of the blood. When Abel died, a mysterious voice went up beyond the skies and moved the heart of eternal justice. Abel's blood spoke against Cain, but the blood of Christ speaks for us. 
Christ's blood pleads before the eternal throne and it speaks better things than that of Abel. Do you know where Christ's blood is right now? Does anybody know where that's at? His blood was presented to God in the Holy of Holies. He took his blood before God and now it is sitting before God Almighty for me and you. His blood for your life. That was the trade-out. I'll forever be thankful to Jesus for what he did for me. Hallelujah. I will. The blood speaks of sacrifice. The blood of Christ is the center of the gospel. The blood of Christ is the pivot of God's plan of salvation. And the blood of Christ is the great heart of gospel revelation. 1 Peter 1 says this, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to, your, to you from your ancestors. But you know, that is so true, guys. We didn't commit the sin in the garden, but we're reaping the results of what they did in the garden. Meaning that everybody that's born, I don't care if they just came out of the mother's womb, they are a sinner, lost, and don't know God. Every single one of us. We didn't ask for it. I mean, we didn't get a vote in the matter. It's just when you're born, you're lost. You're, you're just a lost person. And that's why Christ and God and the Holy Spirit, they just... Go after you day and night to try to get us to him. But it says, We was bought with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in the last times for your sake. That was his blood, the blood of Christ, which has given us life and life everlasting. Christ didn't just die. He was slain. Jesus died a vicious and cruel death. He was the lamb foreordained before the foundation of the world. Christ was born to bleed. From his birth in Bethlehem, Christ set his face toward Calvary. He was headed that way. Your freedom, my freedom, had a price tag. It had a big price tag. Hallelujah. John the Baptist cried, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. Where among sons of men could blood be found that was? Rich enough to pay the tremendous debt of sin. That's why rich people have a hard time accepting a free gift of salvation. That's why Jesus said it's harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go to heaven or a rich woman. Why? Not because of the riches. It's because they think they can buy everything. And see, salvation you can't buy. No matter how rich you are, no matter how much you got, it don't matter. You can't buy this. You have to humble yourself and receive the free gift. Then you have access. Because, see, God ain't impressed with your money. God ain't impressed with your things. You ain't got enough bling, bling. You got enough blue, blue, or blah, 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 whatever you want to call it. You ain't got enough of it that's going to press God. Ain't going to happen. Not in this life. You ain't going to show up no matter what you obtain. What, what, Jesus even said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? That means if you did gain the whole world and you was able to drag it uh, uh, to God and go, man, God, I got the whole world in my hands. He's going to be like, you are a poor, lost, ignorant fool. <laughs> because what we have down here is not even comparable to what he has. Amen? I mean, and it's, just, it's just so true. Hallelujah. Okay? Where among sons of men could blood be found that was precious enough to satisfy divine justice? Strong enough to cancel our appalling debt. Pure enough to usher in the reign of righteousness. Powerful enough to crush the devil. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the only thing that's powerful enough to crush the devil. That's why the blood of Jesus 
needs to be applied to your life and my life. And the only way that happens is through faith in Him. Through faith, faith in Him. Hallelujah. Christ lived a sinful, sinless life. He was a spotless example. With perfect consecration, He preached righteousness. But only His blood could save. And almost all things, Hebrews 9, 22 says this, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. Blood is a cleansing agent. It cleanses. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. It, it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better, with better sacrifices than these. But now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Jesus walked up Calvary's hill with you and me on his mind. He shed that blood from the time he took the first beat from the time he took the uh, crown of thorns on his head, well, that blood was shed. All he could think about was me and you. Because that blood was for you and me. That blood. This blood is for you. I mean, that's, he, he had it on his mind and his heart. Christ's blood speaks of an acceptable sacrifice. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, There is no motive for holiness so great as that which streams from the veins of Jesus. The blood is still active in cleansing us from sin. 1 John 1, 7 says this, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We have fellowship with one another. we got to have that, guys. <laughs> and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. Well, how does the blood of Jesus purify us from all sin? I mean, that's a good statement. But how are we going to get that working in our life? How is that going to be actively working in our lives? I mean, we can't just go get a pint of Jesus' blood, get set up, and have Donna get it in our veins, and we got blood of Jesus running through our body. It's going to cleanse us from sin. Remember, everything Jesus talked about is dealing with what? The spiritual side of a human being. He's not dealing with the flesh. Because he knows if he gets the spirit right, guess what? The body's going to line up. So your battle is not with flesh and blood, okay? That's not it. Your battle's against the enemy. And your enemy and my enemy is this flesh we have. It's this unregenerated mind that wants to think stupid stuff all the time. Come on, am I the only one that thinks stupid stuff in here? Uh-uh, no, I know I ain't, amen? You had a bunch of stupid thoughts probably on your way to church, hallelujah. I mean, me and Belinda never argue. We never argue. But man, we're on our way to church. Does anybody else say, can I get an amen? We're on our way to church and it's like something just pops out of nowhere. I'll say something that she don't like. And it'll, it'll agitate her more than any other time in the world. And I'm going... Well, if I'd have said that on a Tuesday, it wouldn't have been a problem. I mean, we're 10 minutes from the house of God, man. We're going to have his own now, baby. I mean, come on. Am I the only one? Come on. You know, it's true. That's crazy, man. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. I mean, I am the king of the neighborhood during the week. Getting the car, heading to church. And, man, the devil's just riding with us. I get, whoa, man, get out of here in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. And that goes both ways. Hallelujah. But, it, but it's so true. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But how do we get that working in our life? How do we get this blood 1 John was telling us about to cleanse us? Because I always like the how-to. I mean, you can say something to me, and I like that, but how are we going to make it work? Man, that sounds good. Oh, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Woo, woo, and go home, be right in the road, go, okay, well, how's that going to work? I like to know how it's going to work. So I'm going to give you the how-to it's going to work. <laughs> Ephesians 5.25 says this, For husbands, wow, that's us, men. This means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. 
to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. How is he going to do that? Through the washing of the word of God. It's the word of God that is the cleansing agent. The word of God is the blood of Christ. The word of God is Christ. What's it say? The Bible says that uh, the word was among, the word dwelt among us and became flesh. Okay? That means the word was wrapped in flesh. The word is the blood of Christ that flows through us. If we get the word in us, we get the word in us, guess what's going to happen? Life is going to flow through our body. How many of you know that when you pull away from God, you pull away from the Bible, you pull away from the things of God, what happens? Something else starts taking over. Your flesh, your evil carnal desires. Why? You've stopped the blood flow. Just like if I was to get the old timey, you know, the, the cuffs that they used to pump them like this, they could, you could just keep on doing that thing until your arm turned, you know, green or whatever. I don't know. Now they got the automatic ones. You push the button and you sit there and go, uh, you know what I'm saying? But they used to have that. But you know, if you was to cut off your blood to your arm, and I wouldn't, I'm not saying do it, but if you did, what would happen is, and then you tried to start moving your, your muscles and your fingers while there's no blood down there, you would start having pain that is excruciating. Why? Because that agent which brings that part of your body life and movement and comfortable, okay, being comfortable, is gone. It's eliminated. We've eliminated the source. But if you take that off and let the blood flow, it would actually just come back and tingle and you wouldn't even have no more. It, you could move it and it wouldn't even have to be no problem. Now, I'm not a doctor or a nurse, okay? So you got the bare minimum stupid <laughs> translation for blood flowing through your arms, okay? So, hey, welcome to church. Glad I could help y'all. Amen? Any more questions, see Donna. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. But the point is, is if you're going to have life, you got to have blood. If you're going to have life spiritually, you've got to have the Word of God. Why does the enemy, like I said last week, fight us not to get in the book, but to get into the Facebook and all the other things, all the other books? Oh, what are you reading? I'm reading a novel. Okay. What are you reading? Oh, I'm just reading a love story. Oh, what are you, what are you watching? Da, 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 da. He wants to keep us occupied. Okay? That's why they have new series that's coming out all the time and new movies coming out. Do you know if they had one movie that played for 20 years? You know how interesting that would be? I've already seen that one. I've already seen that one. That's what we say. Now we go see one movie one time. I've already seen that one. Like you really got everything in the movie, okay? Well, that's the thing with the Bible. See, we was given the Bible. And if you go to other countries to get the Bible for the first time, they're crying. They're weeping. They're sleeping with that Bible. Sometimes they only have one or two pages. They're just so made in love with the Word of God because that's something they've never had. But we like, oh, that's the Bible. Oh, that's the Word of God. That's the Bible. You know? And what we're doing is, is we're just casting off the life which will sustain us. I mean, yes, the Word of God's boring. Good time to say amen, okay? <laughs> All y'all being quiet like you're going to be holy. <laughs> hey, baby, I'm tired. Oh, go read the Bible. <laughs> you'll go to sleep. <laughs> but if you'll push past that, if you'll push past that, because that's your flesh rejecting something spiritual, you've got to push past it. Once you get past it, then you start opening up the Word of God, and it's alive. 
It's real. It's living. It's fun to read the Bible. But you got to push past it. Just like my buddy said. I said, man, dude, you know, me and my brother went out and tried to smoke one time, and we'd cough and all that stuff. And I thought, man, dude, you just got to push past that feeling. Just keep smoking. You'll be all right. You'll get past that initial, you know, <laughs> you'll be all right. I said, dude, if it's, if it's that bad to start with, I sure ain't going to keep doing it. Amen? <clears throat> but the Word of God can be a little bit of a challenge at first, but if you just get into it. Can I have an amen from anybody that reads the Bible? Amen? Come on. I mean, the Bible is alive, man. It's real. But you got to push past that. You got to cut some stuff off. And that, that Word of God is that cleansing agent that cleanses you from all sin. You got a sin problem? You get in this book. And you just keep reading it and reading it. I don't understand it. Just keep reading it. Just keep reading it. Just keep reading it. I promise you it will drive out sickness, disease, sin, lust, all that. This right here will. Hallelujah. I mean, you got somebody watching pornography, reading the Bible, or quoting, having the Bible going off. You know what I'm saying? It ain't going to work. It ain't going to go, huh, this don't feel right. You know, somebody doing something they shouldn't be doing, but yet you, you know, the, the Word of God's playing around you. I mean, the Word of God, that's why sometimes when you come to church, you weep. Sometimes you come to church and you start thinking, man, I shouldn't have been doing that last week. Why? Because the Word is touching parts of your body. It's touching areas that need some life, man, and He wants to help you. And that's why when you leave, you forget about it and go back to doing the same thing. Why? Because guess what? The Word ain't hitting you inside the head no more, Amen. Man, we got to be presented to Christ. That's why he will, that's how he's going to present me and you. It's a process. That's why we keep coming to church. That's why we don't stop. Amen? God's word flowing through our life is comparable to the blood flowing through your body. Blood is a cleansing agent. For more questions, see Donna. The word of God is a cleansing agent. For more questions, you can see me and Donna on that one. Okay? Okay. The life of the blood is unabated. The power of the blood is undiminished. The blood redeems. The blood justifies. The blood sanctifies. The blood cleanses. The blood is essential in the Word of God. The blood is central in the mind of God. And the blood should be central in the church of God. Because it's the blood and the power of the blood that has set us free. We have been made free in Christ through the blood that He shed for us. Jesus came to this earth so we could not just have earthly freedom, but to have eternal freedom. Throughout history, Satan has sought to cast doubt upon the characters of God. Back in Eden, he questioned Eve, hath God said. In the wilderness, temptation, the slanderer questioned Christ, if thou be the Son of God. Thank God, while Satan is still yet not silenced, we have victory over doubts and hard thoughts toward God's God because the prince of the world has been judged. We have been given victory over the world, victory over death, victory over hell, victory over sin. When Jesus died on the cross, that was just the entrance level. He left that cross and went to hell. And he looked at Satan and all the demons in hell and he said, Give me the keys to death, hell, all of it. You give me the keys to all this. And he took back what Adam gave away and he showed back up in the flesh, resurrected, and then he's given that authority back to us. And that's why this is called a will and testament. This is a will and testament God has actually made for us. That means everything in this book is for you and for me. If you find something in here, it's a part of the will of God. You apply it to your life, you lay hold of it, and watch that change your life. But if you're a casual Christian, and the only time you hear about God's will is on Sunday, you're not going to lay hold of it. The devil will convince you it wasn't for you. Oh, you can't get deliverance. Not you. Do you know how bad you've been? You know all the things you did? You get sick and you got this sickness and the first thing, well, your mind will come to you and say you're dying, obviously, okay. But then, then the devil will come to you and say, oh, no, God ain't going to heal you. 
because you talked bad about somebody, you did something wrong. He always likes to bring up our works. When Jesus didn't die for your works, he died for your spirit. Amen. Don't let works keep you from God, bad or good. God loves you in spite of who you are. He does. He knows what junk he was getting into when he got us. A big ball of mess. Hallelujah. And I'm still a wreck. I don't know about you. Y'all may be holy and all sanctified and, you know, have reached the pinnacle of Christianity. But Nathan Gibbs has not. Okay? And I'm still a work in progress. That means I still miss it from time to time. Amen, Dylan. Amen. 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 We, we miss it. Okay? Guess what? You do too. But I'm going to tell you something. When I miss it, I run to God. I run to Him. I mean, I'll be talking to Him sometime while I am missing it. Because <laughs> you know, in this traffic, you know, you have temptation to kind of... <laughs> really? You're doing this? Oh, man, God, I know it's your daughter. I know i got to love her. But she ain't getting in front of me. <laughs> she can get behind me, bless God. What the heck? I've been waiting in this line for 30 minutes, and all of a sudden they're like, well, well, no, 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 no. You ain't getting in front of me. You're over in the woods somewhere, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> y'all know y'all had that thought. Come on. Some of y'all done it. Some of y'all might even gave him the middle finger. Watch out now. Hallelujah. Sometimes you want to give them all kinds of fingers, man. I'm like, but then I have to stop and think, well, sometimes I do that myself. I cut people off. I'd be nice. Revelations 12 tells us this, guys. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night. Do you know who's accusing you day and night before God? Satan, he hates you. He wants you to continue to struggle. He wants you to continue to do without. He don't want to see you do good. He don't want to see you be a witness for Christ. He don't want to see you open the Bible. He don't want to see you go to church. He don't want to see you go to small group. He don't want to see you grow in Christ. Why? Because when you grow in Christ, you're putting something on that defeated him. And it's called Christ, Jesus. Because when we get this word inside of us, we begin to look like somebody other than your next door neighbor. That we try to keep up with sometimes. Baby, did you see that? He's got a new car. Mine had a little jerk in him. I think we need to get <laughs> We try to keep up with everybody around us. You know, it's true when you see somebody, you look up, you, you, they come driving up in a nice Mercedes. Or they come driving up in some old bomb that's got smoke flying all over. You ain't attracted to that. And you'll see somebody that's got a real nice car. What do you think? They must have. Really? They could have stole it. You don't know. I mean, you see somebody you know, got a coach pocketbook. Ooh. Ooh. They got a little money. Then they'll do this right here. They'll be like, hey, baby, I like that pocketbook. <laughs> but sometimes we identify people with the stuff they have. And that's not, that's not what we should do. Okay? Just don't do that. Things does not represent doing good in life. <laughs> I can promise you that because I do a lot of houses for people that's got a lot of money. We're doing this house right now. This, this is the way people that's got money talk. This house we're doing now is about a $4 million house. The couples just had their first child. They're probably in their early 30s, okay? His grandfather owned part of Coke. I mean, they own all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's, you know what? I mean, it's just money, money out the wazoo. And this, what I'm about to say will reveal the way people that got a lot of money think. He told the builder, he said, I want to take my house two foot. Now, this ain't no small house, obviously, okay? I want to take my house and put it two foot in the ground. Because he didn't want to take too many steps up to his front door. 
okay? So we're going to drop the house two foot in the ground, okay? That means your basement is below the ground. That's not smart, okay? That means you've got to have pumps all over your basement to where if anything happens, it can pump it out. And the builder said, look, man, I, I just don't know if, I don't know if, we, I don't know if we, we can do that. The guy stopped, looked at him and said, hey, Chris, we put people on the moon. You can do this. Just get it done. Walks off. <laughs> Guess what? The house is two foot in the ground. <laughs> but I'm just telling you guys, I mean, it's, it's, it's not necessarily, and you can't buy everything. I'm getting ready to have a conversation with him probably next week, let him know a few things. But anyway, that's a whole different thing. But I'm sure he, I know he's probably going to tell me, hey, man, put people on the moon. That's good. Well, go. Go to the moon then if you want to. Hallelujah. But anyway, he said, uh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> But I have thoughts, man. Come on. You know, I live in this world. I'm not necessarily of it all the time, but I live in it. I get pulled like everybody else does, man. That's why we need to do life together. You need to know your pastor ain't perfect. And if you come to tell me one day you felt the perfect pastor, you're wrong. You just ain't had lunch with him. Come on, man. We all dealing with things. Amen? Hallelujah. But I'm striving. And don't stop me from striving. I get up every day, going to be better, going to be better. I'm going after Jesus. Now, I will say this. You've got a pastor that's running hard after Jesus. That's for sure. I'll tell you that boldly. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that. But let's read Revelation 12 again because this is powerful. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Ain't y'all going to be glad when that day happens? And they overcame him by what? The blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. You know, you don't even understand what living is until you, you, you're not afraid to die. When you get to that point to where you don't care if you died right now, you are a problem for the devil. I'm telling you, we put way too much emphasis on this life anyway. But the big deal is he listed two things that's going to help us overcome in life. The blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. You're always sharing your story. You're not ashamed of your story. You share it. Because as you share your story, no matter how little, no how big, don't matter. Everybody's got a story in here. And as you share that story over and over again, what's that do? That's fuel to you overcoming. It's helping you. He listed two things, guys. Jesus could have listed any two things he wanted to, but he listed those two. You overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the words of your testimony. Speak the blood. Speak the word in essence. When I say speak the blood, speak the word of God. That's what changes situations in your life. I promise you it will. Yes, the blood speaks. It speaks to God. It speaks to the devil. It speaks to the guilty conscience of a man or a woman. This is not a superstition or mere theory or philosophical escape or mystic, mystical daydream. This is the voice of the blood. And it speaks better things than that of Abel. Do you hear the voice of the blood of Jesus speaking to you today. I believe the voice of the blood of Jesus would say to each one of us that he loves us and he wants to, us to receive his payment for our sins. Man, guys, I'm going to tell you something, man. A real woman of God, a real man of God is a real follower of Jesus. I'm telling you. I mean, you see people out here and they got all the fame and fortune and they got all the titles. But if you ain't got the title that I'm a follower of Jesus, at the end of this life, you are nothing. You've accomplished nothing. You are nothing. You have nothing. It's gone. It's lost. But today, you can make that choice. 
Some of y'all today need to stir up a fire on the inside of you. You accepted Jesus when you was knee high to a grasshopper. Well, I accepted Jesus back in the day. What are you doing for Jesus right now? I mean, what are we doing? I mean, this is, this is a commitment. This is a life. This is, man, this is your life being better every day. Because just like Jesus laid his life down, what are we supposed to be doing every day? I mean, God didn't bring us out to keep us in. He brought us out so we could help others get out. Amen? I mean, if you, if you was once lost and you got found and you knew other people were lost, the only good thing to do is to help them be found. Amen? That's what this whole life with Jesus is about. It's not about so we can come and get our church on and get our praise on. You're here for a reason. He needs people out there working diligently for him in the workplace. Well, you know, I'm going to use God one day when, I'm, when he calls me to minister. You're out of your... <laughs> no, no, he's calling you right now. He called you in, in uh, I think, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, you know, if you're born again, you're, you're no longer, uh, old things have become new. And right after that, it says he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Every single person in here, you have the ministry of reconciliation. But you ain't going to minister what you ain't got. And when you get saved, yeah, it may bring a tear to your eye. It may change your life. You may be excited. But if you don't get plugged into the word of God and let it begin to flow through your body, you're not going to have nothing to give. And then six months down the road, you'll wonder why you're still on drugs and alcohol and crazy thinking and stuff. Why? You didn't replace the old with the new. Amen? He gives you a boom, a jump start. And then he tells you how to do it. So we're going to sing a song in a minute. Ben can go ahead and come on up. We're going to sing a song about the blood of Jesus. And I, I want to compel each one of you guys, if you do not know Jesus, if you're struggling with your faith in Christ, I want you to, as we sing this song, it's real simple, guys. I'm not going to have you come up here because really, we go public right there. That's when you go public. But today, I want you, as, and everybody can stand. Y'all been sitting for a while. Hallelujah. But as you're singing the song, guys, as we're singing with the band, I want you guys, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you've never met Him, you've never said yes to Jesus, friends, this ain't between nobody, it's between you and Him. I want you to just pray a simple prayer. God, save me. Jesus, become my Lord. I give you my life. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know, Nathan, I did pray that prayer like you said when I was knee-high to a grasshopper. But you know, I've walked away from all that. I've been living my own life and I've been doing it for years. Well, guess what? We're not going to look back at what we didn't do or what we hadn't done. We're going to look at what we can do and what we will do. And God wants to take you from yesterday to today. And all you've got to do is lift up your hands as we sing this song and you say, Father God, I come to you and I ask you to forgive me. Jesus, I'm asking you, to receive me into your life and to become the Lord of my life in the name of Jesus. That's all you got to say, guys. It's real simple. And be sincere when you do it. This ain't about you and the neighbor. It's you and God right now. And if you do make that decision, all I'm asking you to do is, is get the connect card or the prayer card before you leave and just let us know that you did that and drop it in the connect box back there or the, the, the black offering box. And we would love to be able to just rejoice with you and help you along the journey. You will never be a successful Christian on your own. You've got to have people come around you. 
And maybe while we're singing this song, you want to be bold and you just want to come up here and kneel at the altar and make it right. This is, that's why I built this right here so we'd have somewhat of an altar. This is for you. We're not in no hurry. This is a moment in time that you'll never get back. Because we're not promised tomorrow, guys. You leave here today, could be your last day on earth. But regardless, there's coming a day it's going to be your last day on earth. Let's settle it today. Let's accept Jesus' sacrifice. Let's remember Jesus for what he's done for us in our life as we honor those men and women that have fallen to help us. So everybody, let's just worship him. Hallelujah.